Why, hello there, pod person. I'm Tyler Green, head of community at Pod People, and I'll be your host for this little podcast. Welcome to our very first episode. Pod People is the on-demand workforce for audio production, powering the industry with our vast network of hand-picked professionals across the globe. In short, we make podcasts, and we also help other people staff their projects with our incredible community of creators. Hey, creator, I see you, and we love you. And you're all so fascinating, so each week we'll be rotating through a few different kinds of episodes. Every other show will feature a conversation with one of our incredible community members, alternating with deep dives into specific production topics and how-tos that we hope will give you some really practical tools to bring into your work. And finally, we'll bring you our hot takes on whatever's happening in the industry at the moment. And believe me, we have some opinions, so stay tuned for that. But today, for our pilot episode, we'll introduce you to Pod People as a company and the people who make it what it is. First, our CEO and founder, Rachel King. Rach and I packed into our respective blanket forts and closets to have a conversation about how pod people came to be and some of the practices and values that move it forward. I started by asking her to take me back to the very beginning and tell us the origin story. I've always loved audio storytelling, and I was working in-house at a startup, and I needed a creative project outside of that to get my juices flowing, basically, because it was just such a grind, right? And I was just like, oh, I need something that is my very own. And so with a friend of mine, we started a podcast called The She Pod that was Girl Talk Over Brunch, excuse me, feministy girl talk over brunch. <laughs> and most of it was about like what we were watching, eating and wearing, you know, consuming in terms of pop culture, and then also a 90s nostalgia. So it was a lot of fun. And that was my first foray into, you know, amateur podcasting. I edited most of the episodes and we had a blast. It was so much fun. And after I left the startup and started my own firm, it was a PR and content marketing company working primarily with startups. So at this point, still not doing anything with audio professionally, but our clients started coming to us and asking us if we could help them make a podcast because they knew that I had that skill set or they thought that I did. I, you know, would not attempt to put the SheBod in the same realm of any of the professional things that we do nowadays. But, you know, clients didn't know any better. So they thought, oh, you can help us, you know, dip a toe into this, this branded audio frontier. And I said to myself, oh, my God, that sounds so much more fun than pitching journalists all day because, you know, state of journalism today, not great. They're miserable, underpaid, overworked. And so being the person pitching them was not a great position to be in. So I thought, yeah, how wonderful. That'll be a service that we offer as part of the PR firm. But when I looked out into audio world and was thinking, oh, we'll find some producers, engineers, editors who can be, you know, our partners as we offer these services, you know, freelancers that we would hire, I realized quickly that this was a bigger opportunity and I needed to shutter the PR firm since it was not bringing me joy anyway and transition fully to the world of audio and be one of the very first companies that was helping brands and clients get into the world of branded audio. I just, looking at what had happened with blogs and social media, you know, 10 years ago and then video, you know, digital shorts and all of that five years ago, 
and knowing that audio is, I think, the stickiest and most compelling, certainly the most converting kind of content out there, I was like, this is going to be the next frontier. This is going to be huge for brands. They're going to need to figure out what their audio strategy is, whether that's original content, sponsored content, or creative ads on other podcasts. And we can be, you know, with my background in communications and content strategy and teamed up with a bunch of talented audio producers, we can be the person who brings those two sides of the coin together and figures out how to make the right show, the right project for each client. So that was the beginning of it. We launched in January 2018. And I quickly realized we were sort of off to the races just because I had such a great Rolodex from my previous careers and because it was popping, right? (laughs) Because audio was going off. Even back then, that was three years ago now, which feels like a lifetime, but it was already, you know, becoming obvious how how much momentum it had behind it and how big it was going to be. And so our first clients were Samsung Next, shout out Ryan, Twitter, shout out Joe, in case they hear this, and Medium, So we got really lucky. We had such incredible projects and clients right out the gate. Okay. Can we slow down for a second? Because I feel like a listener might hear that your first client was Samsung and Twitter and be like, what? So how did that happen? Are those people that you pulled from the previous world or you just were you just sort of knew where to go? Yeah, I had worked with Joe at Adobe Mm. and he was now in charge of content for the Twitter ads and business arm. And then Ryan was a journalist previously at a few different outlets, Ryan Lawler, primarily TechCrunch. And then he went in-house at Samsung Next as their chief of content. And Sam and Alex, I met through a friend uh, who were at Medium. So yeah, it was just all through my Rolodex and folks I'd worked with and one capacity or another. I'm old. So I'm glad this is audio. You can't tell, but like I've, you know, I've been around the block. And so I had, you know, 10, 15 years of experience and contacts under my belt when I started this, you know, my second company. You are a people person. And I think it's probably one of the reasons why as a leader, you're so successful. Do you, I don't, there's not really a question. There's more of an observation about relationships just in general seeming to be like the through line of your professional career. I've grown to hate the term super connector because it's something that like douchey tech bros co-opted and now like put in their Twitter bios. And so Mm. that makes me hate it. But, but it's true. I get so much joy out of finding someone, connecting someone to a job or someone who can help them or even just two people. Like my general intro, if I'm putting two people on an email thread is Mm. you should know each other. I don't know why, but I know that you should. And that's all. That's all it takes, right? You get a sense. It's almost like I imagine matchmakers feel when they're like, I just have a spidey sense that if you two knew each other at some point in the next few years, there would be an opportunity for you to work together, start a company together, date. I don't know. I just feel like the universe wants you two to know each other. And I'm glad that I can make that happen. And yes, long term, it is self-serving because everyone's going to remember that I helped them out in some little way and and do the same for you when your your time comes around. So when I shot out the email that I was starting this company to, you know, all of my LinkedIn contacts, I got incredible responses inbound from people like Ryan at Samsung and Joe at Twitter and the Medium guys. So that was, you know, years of connecting in the works that I think eventually paid off because we had a good relationship. So walk me through that first iteration into sort of where we are now. 
with each of these projects, we needed to scale up a team of freelancers who had the right expertise and skill set for each position and show. I got added to the New York Public Radio listserv and similar. I was scouring different resources and groups and Facebook things and Slacks even like just went out of my way to get as entrenched into audio as I quickly could, get to know the people who were super connectors in audio specifically and tell them what I was doing and get them on my side. So we realized we had built this Rolodex of super talented people with all different skill sets and levels of experience and interests. And I, having worked at a few different startups that were marketplaces, one of them was called Dog Vacay. And so we matched pet owners with pet sitters in their neighborhood. Sidecar, which was an Uber Lyft competitor. There was a labor force on one side and people Mm. who need the service on the other, right? And I'm like, that's basically what we've got here. We have all of these clients who need production services. And sometimes they need the full service production that we do, which is more expensive because you got all the bells and whistles and our whole team and all of that. But sometimes we had clients who either didn't want or need full service production. So either they didn't have the budget for it, or they are a company that is constantly in need of freelancers like a Netflix or a Sony or a Spotify. And so they almost need a flexible workforce that they can scale up or scale down with the right projects. And I thought, well, we have that basically Mm. already built. So we can start sourcing the right freelancers for the right projects. And we can do this across so many qualitative things too. So like if a show is about immigration, we can make sure that the producer that we're putting on it understands that experience. If someone needs to be bilingual, if someone needs to identify with a queer or trans experience, you know, like you need a very specific person in order to create that content from a smart place and a kind and understanding place. Being able to do that really curated qualitative matchmaking with super talented people is what we sort of specialize in now. So that premium kind of staffing and It's been so much fun. It's so rewarding. But I'm just so excited to see the way it's taken off and for everything we're going to do this year to make it even better and bigger. I just love for the purposes of this conversation and introducing you and the idea of pod people to folks via the show, how you just so like naturally talked about being a connector or super connector, however you want to say it, and just how that kind of moved your own career forward. And then you just created this extension of that reality as a business that now consumes your daily life and is very useful to people. And I just think that that's, I mean, I sort of, I guess, subconsciously knew that, but it was, it's really interesting to hear you say it out loud. I mean, it's selfish, right? Because it's just bringing all of the things that I love together. One of Pod People's most important roles in the industry is protecting our community against unfair labor practices and educating our clients on what they actually need and therefore should be included in the scope of work versus what they think they need. Rachel elaborated on what that means for us and how it works in practice. So having worked as a freelancer who was sourcing clients myself, the worst thing is when you get sort of yanked back and forth for three months at a time with someone who actually never ends up moving forward, right? Or even worse, you do get pulled onto the job. The scope of work is double, triple what they said it would be. And you have no recourse to be like, I'm actually not going to do this. That wasn't in the scope of work. And maybe your contracts aren't airtight, you know, because then you have to pay a lawyer and all that. So the thing about us that I love that we created specifically to combat that 
is we handle all of that. The vetting of the client, figuring out the exact scope of work, telling them what fair market rate will be or making sure they're at or above that so that by the time we take this job to our community, we know that it's a fair rate for a defined scope of work over a certain amount of time. And that if we feel like this is actually going to be a full-time job, we can push the client and be like, listen, this is not part-time, this is full-time, or you need to restructure it, or you need two people. This is a two-person job. I can't tell you how often they come to us and they want a Jane of all trades, Jack of all trades, who can do everything from talent booking (laughs) to mastering. And I'm like, Okay, engineering the final audio file is a completely different skill set than identifying and vetting the guests who should go on the show and complete the episode story arc. When a company is trying to make a podcast for the first time, they think you need two microphones and sit in a garage and that's it. And sure, you can make that show, but nobody's going to listen to it. Mm. If you want to make a professional produced show, it's just like video content. You need to have a content strategy. You need to plan the episodes. You need a team of people who have different areas of expertise in order to do it well. And so a lot of what we do is that educational piece, which I actually love educating the client about what a big task this is. And that's another reason that we offer a development workshop where we can figure out exactly what the show format should be and what the production schedule should be and the team that we need and the budget that makes sense. So that by the time we get into production phase and we're now sourcing the right folks to work on this, we have a really clear picture. And the client, importantly, has a really clear picture of how much energy these actually take to do right. It's so important. I think we also spend a lot of time talking and thinking about how the fair market value out there isn't exactly what we would call fair, right? I would argue that the existing resources out there in the world are not enough money. I don't think they're high enough. When I look at those rates, they're either out of date Mm. or they're just frankly not enough. And so that's one thing that we can protect our people from because we won't bring, like we've turned clients away and said, we will not staff a job at that rate. That's not fair. So, and turn them away and said, you know, but good luck on Fiverr. We like the folks at Fiverr. That's not a dig at them, but you know, and so that's one way we can do it. But when our folks, cause they're not exclusive to us, right? Like that's important to me. We don't ever want to keep anyone from getting work. So they're not exclusive to us, which means that they can do other projects, of course. And so they are setting their rates for those kinds of things. And, and we get questions all the time, you know, what, what should I charge for this? And we'll be very specific in terms of the scope going up on, you know, these 20 different responsibilities. If you're doing 10 of them for this kind of show and this kind of client over this period of time, here's ballpark what you should charge so that we can create those kinds of resources. And then the other thing I see is, you know, we get a lot of clients who are like, we only want producers who can work on, or editors rather, who can work with Pro Tools, or we only want people who you know, can use these certain kinds of tools that traditionally are really expensive. And so you are automatically disqualifying a huge swath of people. And shout out to Jay Connor, who first called this to my attention. And it just blew my mind to think about it. I was like, of course, of course, people like if you're self-taught or, you know, a college student, like you're going to learn on Hindenburg, which is fantastic and free or next to it, you know? So why would you ever shell out $300 a year or whatever it is for mm-hmm. Pro Tools? They're basically the same. You know, you just would need a couple weeks to sort of learn the tweaks, like going from PC to Mac. Um, but you could certainly learn it. Like if you know how to edit, you know how yeah. to edit. You just need to know where the buttons are. Something else that's really important to both of us is diverse workforces. I think that diversity is strength. I think you agree. And it's a big problem in audio. 
everywhere, actually. And so I'd love to hear you talk about how you have tackled inclusivity in audio in this company even before I arrived and then into the future, sort of what we're looking to try to do. Yeah. I God, it's so important. Like, obviously, even before 2020, it's been an issue in audio for a long time. But I think we are uniquely positioned to solve some of these problems because, mm. you know, everyone will say, oh, it's hard to find these people. No, no, no. It's not. Our demographics of our community are proof of that. Our community is extremely diverse. I think it's 50 or 60 percent of people identify either as gender nonconforming, queer, person of color. You know, like we have a veritable rainbow (laughs) and myriad Mm. of folks. So like that's just not true. Yeah. And I think, too, just like the volume of people that we submit, we are very intentional about who we put in front of some of these companies, right? And, oh, yeah. you know, this is the problem, is that there's a lack of intention. There's a lack of research. There's a lack of work. Do a simple LinkedIn search, and you will meet so many people they didn't even know existed, right? And and so, like, we're doing that work, and, and that is what we are committed to this year and forever. And it sort of lights all of us up. And so I think we have a really big opportunity. I think the big idea for pod people, in a sense, in a way is a little bit like we have the ear of some of the biggest companies in the world, right? Not all of our companies are huge, but we have the ear. And so we're helping them make their shows, but we're also helping them staff their shows. And so with our community, I think we have an opportunity to really change the whole thing. (laughs) We are and, and continue to. I think that's a selling point to clients, too, that they can come to us and know that they're going to get a talented, diverse group of candidates so that they don't have to do that legwork. That's literally what we do. It's our job. So let us do it. When I joined the company, I knew that Rachel had just completed this really interesting program called Techstars, but I didn't know exactly what that meant. So I asked her to tell me about her experience of being selected for the Techstars Accelerator program. Yeah. So it's one of the most competitive accelerators in the country and I guess in the world because U.S. is, you know, probably the leader in in the tech world. So Techstars chooses a certain number of companies each year for each of their cohorts. They have cohorts for different cities as well as industries. So there's a music cohort, for example, and a space cohort and cool stuff like that. So we were in the Los Angeles cohort for 2020. There were 10 companies. We're all wildly different, but it was the most incredible experience. Basically, what it means is I got an MBA in growing a company from very small to scaling very big that should have probably been spread out over two years, but I did it in three months. We all did it in three months. So it's a super, super compressed, very intense program. And so it was like a full-time job on top of running pod people. And most of the companies in there have a co-founder that they can sort of lean on and divide and conquer. And I did not have that, but I had our wonderful team, thank God, sort of basically running the business without me, which was cool to see that it can, it can run without me or largely without me when, when need be. But we went specifically to figure out what should this new platform look like that we're building? So the matchmaking piece of the business, should it be 
an open marketplace where anyone can just shop through for, to find the right producer or editor? And the answer was no. We aren't going after that long tail. We are going after the more premium curated kind of matchmaking where like when you go to a restaurant and you get the huge menu with hundreds of options and you got to choose what you're like, I don't know, like help me narrow this down. Right. Or if you go to the restaurant where there's just five perfect things on the menu, they all sound amazing. You still have a hard time choosing, but it's between these two things, you know? That's the experience that we want to give. So we are whittling down this entire community. Here are the five best candidates for this role. They're all fantastic in different ways. Here's why we love them for this. Listen to their work samples, chat with them, and then decide who you want to work with. And we'll take care of all the admin and payments and everything so that it is just like the easiest thing in the world, but you're getting super high quality talent. And now you're a part of the Techstars community. Forever. We are a Techstars alum. Yeah. And like, we're in very good company. So. So when you imagine a future for pod people, and originally I was going to ask you like 10 years, but then I was like, no, what does it look like in two years? I would love Mm -hmm. to know your answer to that. Our North Star is that we will be the engine powering the entire audio industry. I mean, there's just so much content being made, right? And somebody needs to make it. And there is a talent shortage right now. But there's not for us because we've found so many great people. So as the industry continues to grow and explode, as the Amazons and Apples and Googles and Sirius and Stitchers decide that they're not going to let Spotify run away with this, which I love to see, the lack of monopoly and, and the more big players are in the space, the better it is, the better that competition is for the entire industry, I think, and creates more work for everyone. I hope to be the one powering all of those things. And that our community members know that they can trust us and rely on us to take care of them so that the work we bring them is high quality, that we protect their scope of work so that when there's scope creep, they get compensated accordingly and have a steady stream of income from us as well for the folks who want to be primarily working with us. And that clients know they can come to us and quickly and efficiently get the best person for the job period, end of, and that it's easy, it's simple, everything runs through us. It's just such a niche industry. If you don't understand audio, you would never be able to find the right person for the right, right project. And and it's so fun. Like, I love that puzzle of putting together those pieces. And I think you do, too. I had two simultaneous hilarious thoughts. When you said scope creep, I started mm. humming creep by TLC in my head. And then when you were talking about being the person running the engine, I just looked at the screen and you can't see this listener, but she's got a blanket over her head yeah. and there's a microphone. And it's like, Choo-choo. you know, if there was a stereotypical picture of a podcaster right now, like, this is it. I was loving what you were saying and laughing hysterically on the inside. This is pandemic podcasting at its peak. (laughs) I think it's forever podcasting. These are my husband's shirts behind me. Okay. Now to close rapid fire. Don't think about it too much. I'm just going to, some of these I thought about too much, but um, we're just going to go quick. Ready? Favorite podcast of the moment. Honestly, today explained. Sean Ramaswaram is my favorite human. There's Mm. just something about it that's so real. I just love the way that they'll talk about what's going on and admit that it's bullshit. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like they aren't playing it so safe as a journalist that they won't be like, this is insane. They'll just (laughs) call it out. So it has been a comfort to me at a time when I want to know what's going on, but I also want to get it from someone who's commiserating. Your most prized possession. My dog. Something people assume about you that is totally wrong. 
People assume that I'm 100% extrovert. I'm actually in between. I'm an ambivert. I do get energy from the right kind of gathering or if I go to something and I end up making a really good connection. But if I go to an event and it's not jiving with me or it's not the people I want to be talking to or it's making me socially anxious because of the way it's organized, it is extremely draining and I will leave immediately. Last one, a piece of advice for people who are new to audio and possibly even joining our community. Make something for yourself even if it's just a few episodes, if there is a kind of content that you want to get into, like if you want to be making fiction or you want to be doing documentary or whatever it is that you don't have experience in, you have to just make some of it yourself. Like Mm. it is going to be so hard for us to staff you on that kind of role if we don't Mm. have experience we can point to. So do it shoestring. We can listen to it and know what it would be like if you had a whole team and you had all of that. But like you got to just follow the Misha Yousefs and the James Kims of the world and just make your indie project do the best you can. And, Mm. you know, then we've got that to point to you so that we can get you that kind of work going forward. And you'll learn. You'll learn so much from it. Such great advice. And both of us have been there and done that. And like, that's the thing that you can do that you have control over, right? Right. That's the nice thing about audio is like, you can do it on a shoestring budget if you know enough to be dangerous. All right, Rachel King, thank you so much. That was Pod People CEO and founder Rachel King. Thank you so much, Rachel, for all the work you've put into building this incredible company and community. We're only just beginning. And now we want you to meet the rest of the team. We'll be releasing this show weekly for the foreseeable future, and you'll hear many of these lovely people on it. You'll also hopefully interact with them through our matchmaking and production work. So these should be familiar faces, I mean voices, before long. I present to you the Pod People team. My name is Danielle Roth, and I am a project manager and producer with Pod People. I make sure that our productions are running smoothly and on time, and I work with clients like InStyle, Magazine, Real Simple, Southern Living, All Recipes, to help them find their voices in audio. Hello, my name is Devin Wilson, and I am the junior community manager for Pod People. My job is to get to know the community members and help them get matched up with some great projects. My name is Erica Wong, and I'm Pod People's in house editor. I master most of the shows that come through Pod People, and I mix and edit a few of them, including Know It All and More Like This for Netflix. My name is Tyler Green, and I am Pod People's head of community. I lead the recruiting and matchmaking arm of our little operation, as well as our community engagement efforts, which looks like planning all of the fun stuff that we're going to do with our amazing army of audio professionals. My name's Grace Pina, and I'm Pod People's social media manager. I share our company's and community's good news all over Twitter and Instagram. Hi, my name is Isabel Genius, and I am Pod People's operations and culture manager. I manage the day-to-day operational components for the company and manage implementing company culture practices and initiatives. Hi, my name is Sammy Reed, and I am one of Pod People's community managers. I connect with community members to learn what you love doing so I can match you with great projects. I'm Anne. I'm the director of business development and marketing, which means I get the business on the sales side of things, and I build out our brand presence on the marketing side. My name is Alexa Brooks-Major, and I'm Pod People's digital media strategist and operations assistant. With my teams, I make sure that everything is working smoothly on the back end and looking pretty on the front end. 
Hello, my name is Rachel King, and I'm Pod People's founder and CEO. As the CEO, I'm in charge of making sure that we have the right team in place as we grow, that we always have enough money in the bank, and most importantly, that we're building a company we're proud of and excited about. I'm Matt Sav, and I am Pod People's head of production. I provide creative, technical, and organizational guidance and support for our incredible production teams. And my superpower is equipping those teams with the right alchemy to thrive and create magic on every show. My superpower is curating groups of people that work well together. My superpower is making sure that everybody has what they need when they need it. My superpower is being everywhere, doing everything to make creative and innovative ideas come to life. My superpower is community building and networking. My superpower is using my editing and mixing and sound design skills as a way to elevate important conversations. My superpower is seeking out all of the amazing things our creators do so that we can brag about them every week. My superpower is creating an experience within the core team and community that makes everyone feel welcomed and supported so they can continue to thrive. My superpower is bringing in really amazing client projects that excite and challenge our community members. My superpower is finding a win-win in any situation. That's how Pod People came to be. Our clients get exactly what they need to make an amazing show, and our community members get to work on some of the coolest projects in the biz. And we get paid. Everybody wins. My superpower is helping you find your superpower. And that's all for our inaugural episode of Pod People's Podcast for people who love podcasts. On next week's episode, I'll introduce you to one of our community members, the multi-talented recording artist, producer, and podcast host, Corey Cambridge. One thing I've learned from interviewing great people who achieved amazing things, you realize that life's about moments. The Pod People team is Rachel King, Ann Fuse, Matt Sav, me, Tyler Green, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Isabel Genius, Alexa Brooks-Major, Devin Wilson, and Erica Wong. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Be sure to join our Facebook group. It's called Pod People Community. All of these are linked in the show notes. And if you haven't filled out an intake survey yet to join our community, you can find that at podpeople.com slash producers. And please remember, we're here for you. So feel free to email us at hello at podpeople.com with any questions, feedback, or fun GIFs. Is it GIF or GIF? GIF, like peanut butter. Okay. <laughs>